On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. Matewa, O'Driscoll, Forgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Let's have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out of Fitzgerald again, stamped and scored! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are things? Fresh off a bout of master's exams <laughs> where you were you know, burning the ear off me just before we started. Yeah, well, you did ask the question. I so, did, yeah. yeah. The man who brings two calculators to an exam <laughs> in case one fails. Long way from when you were in sixth year and I doubt you were bringing two calculators to... to I was probably exams. borrowing one, yeah. Um, yeah, so a bit of a pain, but uh, got through them. Hopefully we'll... Have yeah, well, fingers crossed for every uh, you get some good results. Try to be joined by Rory O'Connor as well. Rory, welcome back. Thank you very much. You've done better than I did when I turned up to a technical drawing exam in first year of school and yeah, forgot my right. protractor. <laughs> <laughs> I went freehand technical drawing. <laughs> I got an F. A new approach, a new more bohemian kind of loosey goosey yeah, approach to technical art, drawing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, glad to have you both in, guys. Uh, another interesting weekend of European rugby, Rory. Particularly interesting for you, I saw your filing copy from La Défense slash the Arena and more. Yeah, have a kind of a what are you a Parisian nightclub vibe? It kind of turns into after. after yeah, we were um, went down, did our kind of post match stuff, interviews. Tough uh, job you have, Rudd. I came back upstairs to this kind of. <laughs> like we were back, I was sitting inside and you could hear the noise outside I was like oh, fuck, I'll just go outside it was a bit more comfortable in the press box anyway just sitting in the press box two thirds of the pitch were, were were vacated by the fans and and the players at this stage mm. and then this one third of the pitch had been turned into an apres ski party <laughs> uh, so they basically invited all the fans down onto this third of the pitch obviously yeah. some people went home set up a DJ you could see it beforehand that it was gonna there was gonna be something like it set up a DJ in a booth bar beside it people going around in like in their kind of 80s ski gear <laughs> And like, you know, Munster fans sitting on the pitch kind of wondering what might have been and wondering what the hell's happened to rugby because this is not like going to cast in yeah, the early 2000s. It's brilliant, it's, isn't it? like, it's a great idea, yeah. I, I wouldn't like it. if every stadium went the way of the arena, um, but at the same yeah. time, it is it is the future. Like, it's such, it makes money for that club. I, I, obviously, yeah. they have a benefactor. I met Jackie Lawrence Eddy on the way in. Um, oh, rubbing like the man, the well, man yeah. just smells. It's really, like, it's one of those stadiums where, like, you, like we, on the way out, like we were asking Yannick Nyanga how to get out because it's, it, it, everything's kind of on top of each other even though like it's, even though it's a mm. modern new stadium it's not the kind of club where you're kept really separate in the media they just don't really mind that much so oh, the lift good. that the executives use and the players use is the same one the media use so I was in the same lift as, I think he's the richest man I've ever shared a lift with he <laughs> smells the money but um, but he's built this himself on his own because you know, he's worth I think 3 billion or something like, whatever he's worth he's, he's a very rich man yeah. and he's built this as a benefactor which he's a, is he no, a real estate guy he is isn't yes, he so yeah. he probably has all the yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a concert it's venue it's cool in fairness like, it's a concert venue yeah. with a rugby pitch in it and it makes money for them year round because they have all the Does gigs Beyonce plays there all you know you two have played there and then for match night after the match they can just keep people in the stadium because they just, you know, it's not going to be for everyone you know banging yeah. music and stuff but it still keeps people in the stadium until long after the game it, it's just I mean it wasn't full by any means it was one of the kind of disappointments the, of the upper game tier was shut down wasn't the upper tier yeah. Yeah, apart from us um, it was pretty much no one in the upper tier the lower tier they've been going full. for a big push, push though haven't they Rhodes? it's not always the big thing with them is that they kind of they were like the second team. Obviously, they've come up from like the second or third yeah. division or whatever. You yeah. know, they've had a pretty a lot of history, storied but, kind yeah. of yeah, history. But 
I think that was always the the thing with them was they were they brought Czech over after you know Leinster to try and uh, sorry not, not sh- Stad. Sorry, uh, yeah. sorry not Stad. Excuse me. Sorry, but they brought in kind of like big name coaches like Dan Carter's or Johnny Sexton's. These guys. Sorry, I went in a complete wrong route there. <laughs> but they um, have been. But they did like they were kind of trying to club. push the thing because I remember even them having a fixture. This is where the, you'll, you'll probably remember this. But some of my friends have played a fixture against Racing ninety two for Black Rock yeah. Rugby Club. So like that's how far they've come. Like they now they've obviously got hockeyed whatever by forty points, but they were kind of like maybe a league level above that, like almost like a would you say a Leinster A probably at this stage, so maybe an academy. Well, yeah, they were a, a pro D team. They, they had an I can't remember the guy's name. It's it's escaping me. But the, the the last Irish ten they had before Johnny was a guy from Scarys. Uh, Hewitt, I can't remember his first name, David Hewitt, oh, I think. Yeah. But he, you know, he was an AIL player, went over and played yeah. played ten for Racing for a couple of years, and then came back. You know, that was the kind of profile they were. Now they're one of the biggest clubs in Europe. They have this; their training ground is unbelievable. Where is it, by the way, Rhodes? Is it like because I know they were? It used to be. Was it kind of in an industrially kind of? Vibe oh, it used of, to be. Even the one. Are they in a, a better place stadium. now? Yeah, much better. It's, really, it's yeah. in the business district. So Friday night games, they got a post-war crowd. It's where all the banks are in Paris. It's about twenty minutes, thirty minutes from central Paris by okay. by train. Um, it's you know well served by by public transport. It's it's in the heart of this business district. It's not the nicest part of town, but it's you can see lot of yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's, it's, it's very it's, easy to get out there though. They do the public the public transport yeah. over. Yeah, the, but you can you can see lot of fonts where it is from the Champs Elysees. So like it's mm. it's not it's not far at all. Uh, look, it's a brilliant setup. Their, their training ground is out in the in the north, no, the south of the city. And it's state of the art. It's as nice as Leinster. It's, it's nicer, yeah, nice if not nicer than Leinster's and Munsters. They're a proper yeah, club, and they're here yeah, to stay. Yeah. And like they were rolling guys off the bench that I hadn't didn't know an awful lot about, but they're unbelievable players. They have this squad of players. They've done a property, and like Mike Brennagas is doing a really good job there yeah. as their attack coach. But he's getting unbelievable exposure to really good players. So that's a guy who's building a profile yeah. as a as a coach. So the key thing with all the French teams really for me is always like, can they actually band together? Can they yeah. get a good coach? They'll get behind that. There's not going to be different kind of factions within the squad that are kind of railing against you know coaches maybe trying to be stricter in the diet or better in the training or whatever it is like that always seems to be a big challenge this is year six for the current head coach so like they had that continuity um And in terms of the game itself, I noticed that cheeky little name drop of Yannick Niang as well. Let's slip that in. Just my pal Yannick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you know a lot of... He was some player. Like he, yeah. he, he, like, he walked away. I mean, they've had to replace him. They've had to replace a couple over the last couple of years, but they're Mazzoli, still... Mazzoli's still... Mazzoli's, no, Mazzoli's on the coaching staff now. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's gone as well. Like, yeah, he's got... Yeah, another guys, one. Yeah, like, yeah. I think uh, Lala's there as well. They have, you know, they've had to... They've oh, a couple yeah. of lads. He's a cafe or something. But they're very he? good yeah. at keeping lads as part of it. Yeah. The match itself was... Like, Munster gave everything. They, they, they did all you could ask of them in terms of effort and all that sort of stuff. A couple of bad decisions, a couple of key moments went against them, but ultimately they don't have the same caliber player. No. Yeah, just one thing on the decisions. What did you make of those, you know, the TMO, that whole thing, you know, Brendan Fanning. Funny, Brendan was on to me yeah. straight away afterwards. And I, I was like, when you're in the stadium, you don't have, uh, non-international games, we don't get ref links. So you're not really aware of what's going on between those communications. You're trying to get it off TV, but it's not... It did seem strange. The one I actually, apart from the two that that did weren't referred that were referred to the TMO that went against them, which I think were both tries, even though the angles weren't great. From my looking at it from the stadium, there was an inst- there was one where Biddy Holland was done for a knock on on the line after Chris Farrell was held up over the line, and they went back for a penalty. But I thought well, I mean, definitely rushed up and knocked it on. And if they'd scored there, they got three points there. But if they got a try, it would have been it would have put them a little they bit further ahead. Like that, I thought. Yeah, it would have been yeah. six ahead. But it try, wasn't a great pass. But Imov comes up and, and and I thought he got a hand in and knocked it on. And it'd be a deliberate knock on on the line. It would have been a yellow. It, would, it wasn't the first in the game either. And that's a bit of a shift, you know. I mean, I'm not blaming the ref one for that. One. They had one that it was it, like it was wasn't a clear cut try or anything like that. But it was. Do you remember? Uh, oh God, um, I'm gonna say was it Vakatawa maybe? in the middle of the park and he block, He just completely blocks yes. one down Yeah, and now Munster did one maybe I'm going to say 10 minutes later and he couldn't bin that one either because he didn't bin Vakatawa but actually in the in the context of the game at that point that was a really big decision because I don't think sorry if, if he makes that decision and he makes the correct decision by the way because I think that was a, a really poor it was off a line it it was yeah. off a line and it it was a lovely shape to it, it was lovely really nice shape attack, they yeah. were developing nice now it's too far away for it to be anything serious, but it's still 100%. He was never ever going to intercept that. There was hand down, the ball would literally hit his hand straight to the deck. It wasn't like it popped up in the air and he had a chance to grab it again. It was a clear cut yellow card. And I just thought he really copped out on that one, and it really had a big impact. Now he was able to let Munster off one a few minutes later, but think of the like of, of the change in the dynamic of the game. If Fakatawa gets sent, gets Simbin there for ten minutes, when Munster were kind of on top, you know mm. they were better. I think they might have been ahead of them at, on, on the scoreboard at the time, um, 
And I was just kind of thinking, it might have been like nine, was it nine, maybe seven at that point? I'm not sure what it was. It was something along those lines. It was, I think it was in the middle of those it kind was, of yeah, trade, trading yeah. penalties because it was like three points either way. It was kind of flip-flopping yeah. throughout that second half. that would have been big, half. I thought. I, and I actually thought that had a big impact. And I, people would say, well, he balanced it out after, but you shouldn't be doing that because the game would have, the dynamic of the game would have been very different. Munster might have been really in the ascendancy and there might have been no chance that they were, in a, you know, they were in a position where they were defending. They might have had the ball, you know, that kind of way. So mm. it has big implications uh, further out. And I thought that was a that, that was a bad one. Now I did think the Conway try was a big let off because oh, yeah. massive moment. The, the, that the, should have been a try either but way. But the whole, yeah, yeah, but the whole that that whole how that whole play developed was just an absolute stinker before half time. They got away with one there because they let them off the hook on the other end. Racing come up the pitch and they shred them. You know, they like they did a good job on them. And I just thought there was such a big swing and that kind of little bit of momentum uh, they were very lucky to get away with it because they actually it was very a lot of poor like penalties um, you know silly errors and I was they thinking yeah but they shouldn't be like they, should, they really shouldn't have been you know they, I think, I think they, they just don't have the, the, the horses for that course and I think a game played against those athletes at that tempo eventually it catches up in them so they, what they needed to do was score as many points in the first 20 minutes of each half and then kind of hang on and then but you need those big moments if you're going to win in France you need like think about Gordon Darcy on the line in Claremont that time yeah. you, know, you need those big moments to go with you like the French team will always have a period of ascendancy at home yeah. they got that big break because yeah like that was the moment where the game was about to get away from them and that second half could have been really ugly if they'd yeah. conceded on the stroke at half time instead they got the lift and then came out at half time really well but you know they never had the bench for it like I think you need, like, oh, you obviously need scoreboard pressure it, makes yeah. scoreboard pressure makes Racing doubt themselves it might have been a different game but Munster don't have anyone like Iberian to throw I keep mispronouncing his name Iberian to throw that pass mm. they don't have a Teddy Tamar to, to make that finish on the line they don't have a Vakatawa to but constantly you don't need threaten that, the line it absolutely does help it, but you don't need those moments if you look at where Racing really were in the ascendance was like I think defence I thought their defence was pretty good, good yeah. um, now they had obviously one or two leaky moments but generally I think very good and it was difficult to get momentum against them um, but I think as you said like they, they had lots of guys coming on and delivering like strong performance and adding to the performance from the bench whereas when like when Munster like when you're depleted a few key guys like it, they just do look a little bit skinny on quality for me um, and that's a huge ask in France I just think there, as you said there's going to be periods where they're going to have a huge amount of pressure and once they do that, they have lots of guys with great skill. They have huge, you know, big men, athletes. It really takes its toll. You need people to be able to fill in and be able to really, you know, I suppose fill a role and add to what's happening and be able to, you know, if you're hanging on the line, that they come up with a big play for you. I just didn't didn't see enough of that from once. I don't see enough players there for them that can kind of do that, that can kind of, you know, come up with a big play for them. Like Andrew Conway is probably one of them. Um but I mean, yeah, even that one I'd say was probably more, you know, probably look. They were like, if he misses yeah. that one, they go, they probably get, they probably run in for a try. But I just don't see. There's not many other guys who are able to do that for them at the moment, you know. Um, and that that's really difficult. It makes it difficult to play against the big teams, you know. And you're probably looking at now. No, could Saracen sneak through? Like, I mean, after, like, that's probably what we're looking at now, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting dynamic now coming into the quarterfinals, I think, you know? I think, like, uh, everyone's going to be singing Leinster's praises. Uh, I know we've got one more round to go, but, uh, you know, I think it's fairly evident about, like, you know, there's going to be a few clear cut people who are probably going to go through at this point. But, um, you know, I, I'll be cautious enough just to, sorry, I know we might not be finished on the Munster thing, but um, I'm very cautious about Leinster. I think there's, you know, when they come up against a good team, I think they'll have, they'll have a few challenges. Yeah, we'll get on to Leinster in a minute. Mm. On Munster, though, you know, you had a good piece today, kind of about Bjorn van Gran and where Munster are at going into the final round, playing the Ospreys with. They still have a side chance of qualifying. It's very unlikely they need, you know, Saracens to lose at home to Rassing and then two or two of three other results to go their way. But, you know, van Gran is now under pressure. You think he deserves to be given more time because there was an article over the weekend kind of about his regime as a whole, yeah. you know, about maybe a bit of unrest in the camp. Yeah, Brendan Fanning had a, had a line a couple of weeks ago about himself and O'Mahony maybe not getting on as much. Uh, Hugh Farley had a piece this week in the Mail, I think it was on Sunday, saying that, you know, that there was a lot of grumbles about his approach and, and that sort of thing as well. And these are the kinds of things, it reminds me a little bit of the end game of Matt O'Connor. And, you know, getting rid of Matt O'Connor turned out to be a very good decision for Leinster, although there was a lost season in between. Um, although the players, and Luke, you've spoken about loads of times, you know, that you rated him as a, as a coach. Oh, yeah, um, I think he's a very good coach, yeah. Uh, Van Graan is, is a really interesting one. I just think Munster have had five coaches in the last ten, last ten years. It's Those players have been through change after change after change. I mean, maybe it's time they stuck with something for a little while. Yeah. He's attracted these two players to come over next season. I know they haven't been announced yet, but as far as I'm aware, they're still, yeah. they're still coming. 
they're his guys. He's bringing them in. There's a kind of five or six really good young players that he can now, I think, if providing the results go against them, that he has, and he, he's an unbelievable run of games coming up. Like a really easy run of games between now and their next game against Leinster. They could go six in a row. They should go six yeah. in a row. Like I mean, Scarlets at home is the hardest game. They're in yeah. the same conference. That'll be a tough game. It's during the Six Nations. Yeah, Scarlets, like, Blues, Kings twice, Zebra, and yeah. Treviso. Yeah, Treviso twice. Benetton. I think it is. Yeah, um, sorry, Benetton twice. So yeah. like they have this run to kind of build a bit of confidence. They can if they can top their conference, they get a good draw next season. And all this, I always thought this year because of the draw, because they were bringing in Larkham around three late. Was always going to be a pretty tough one, even though the Saracens they had they had their windows was to Saris, go through. Saris was obviously a fly like that. Just, yeah, just, that was a bit of luck, I think, really. And that I I, I would completely agree with you on that one. I thought when that group came out, you're saying no chance. Yeah, you know uh, I mean? and then but, they lose Carberry, they lose Tyburn halfway through. There are mitigating circumstances. Like I'm hearing the, like I'm hearing a few of the grumbles that, but I think you hear grumbles like that when the team isn't going great. Well, yeah, um, I think big time. Yeah. And that's like it's hard, but I mean, do you change it again? Do you try and get a like? Do you go? Do you give it to Larkham? Do you try and get Ron O'Gara? Do you bring in someone else completely? Then they come in and they start again, and then you have to learn a whole new game plan. Or do you try and perfect what you're doing here and go with it for two or three years? At least give them the time to bring in as big big name stars yeah. and have some continuity because I think the last thing they need is more change. I guess um, the alternative would just be what Larkham. Like I don't I don't see how they could bring in a new head coach to go above Larkham and Roundtree. Well, it depends how loyal Larkham is to, yeah. to to Van Gran. I mean, he's he's come in there, you know, like th- th- there's loads of permutations. But then if Larkham's in, I guess there is continuity. But then who does the signings? You know, Lark- Van Gran yeah. is that director of rugby kind of position. They've be- they've given him a two year contract. He should definitely yeah. see that out. I like to, I I don't need this actually. No, I don't think anyone in the media has gone calling for his head. But you no, definitely do get people. I'm just on. playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying. If, yeah. you know, lack of I'm just asking the question. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I I think I think they have to stick. Like I think they have to keep doing what they're doing and and, and hope. The players in that squad are not good enough. There are young players that are quite good. I think they'll get a few off Leinster during the next summer. But what I'm hearing is that the nines, sorry, the tens, sevens, and eights in Leinster are under serious pressure. Yeah. Sorry, Leinster are under pressure to keep those guys. Mm. So I think they will pick up one or two off Leinster. They're they're talking to that Saracens 15 his name escapes me Max yeah. Gallagher Max Gallagher, Gallagher. Matt yeah Gallagher. he's been rumoured to come as well so I think they will be stronger next season so might not be strong enough to win it but they should, like if they can engineer a better pool they bring in Snyman like Snyman and, and DLN they would have made some difference yeah, in, on, yeah. on, on, on Sunday that'd be a different game so. yeah like I t- look I completely agree with that I'd say it's it's absolutely not time to be thinking about that they, what they do need to be thinking about is you know playing better like do you know what I mean they're, they're, they're not playing well um, and look I do think there is as you say mitigating factors I think the injuries those are big players for them like you're starting 10 um, and Tyke Byrne who just is a you know an absolute monster for them you know he's a guy who could come up with a turnover or two that could have taken the pressure off yeah. you the, know, reserve, they get to, the, the reserve hooker like um, what the, the Kiwi guy uh, Reece Marshall like, he's a good player to bring off the bench he, he's a pacey player mm. he hasn't been there all year like yeah. his lads like that they're missing as well yeah like th- those things do make a big difference you know so I'd say look settle the ship now it's not like soccer here you want to make sure that that, you know, you keep a guy who um, I think has the potential to be good. He's clearly able to attract in, you know, high high quality coaches. I, I don't know much about Larkham. I just assume he's very good. Um, but I know Roundtree is very good. That, like that's that's a fact. Like yeah. He's he's meant to be excellent, really good people person, good guy to have around your setup, and just a nice fella. I think the guys will really like working with him. Um, feedback's always been brilliant about him. Um, so he can attract in good coaches. He clearly can attract in. Obviously, we were waiting on confirmation on those, but he can attract in good players as well. You know, and I'd have to, you'd have to think that there's enough brains within the setup and enough experience if they can add a few different pieces to that puzzle, it could change very quickly. It wasn't that long ago we were saying about this Leinster team and how average it looked and where do they go? Um, you know, is was Leo Cullen the right appointment? And now we're all saying, well, geez, look, look how good that appointment has turned mm-hmm. out to be. He's been able to attract in big stars. He's been able to attract in good coaching staff as well. Like that's a big thing that that goes. I think probably that that hasn't been mentioned is that he like there's no way Leo wouldn't have been heavily involved in the process to get Stuart Lancaster over and you would have had to sell a guy like Stuart Lancaster on Leinster like I think I know he was at a bit of a low ebb but he still had massive coaching credit like he was a like very well thought of coach mm. as you know the manager job possibly didn't suit him in England but as a coach so you have to be able to attract these people in I think that's a good starting basis like yeah. if he as long as he's not like look you do need to get your big game players and your 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 captain needs to be on the same page as you like if that's true about having some kind of friction there they need to resolve that quickly because when you're going through kind of a tough period like they are at the moment, you just the key part is that everyone's still on the same page. If you're going, if you're people pulling at different junctures and there's you know rumors of this, rumors of that coming out about people being unhappy, 
it just hinders progress and it doesn't get you back on the right path. And um, I just think there's too much potential. Munster's too big a club um, to not be performing better and to not be getting into minimum quarterfinal, semi-final every single year and getting to finals. Like I think it's it's time the team stood up at this point. They need to win something, you know. And I think obviously th- this could be a good thing that the league, um, you know, has gone. Uh, or, or sorry, the, the the cup campaign is now gone. They can just focus purely on the league, as Rudd said, focusing on getting a good position in there, and it, and they should be aiming to win that thing. Now. They need a win. They really need. Like there's lots of senior players there who've tasted no success with Munster, um, which you would have said, you know, 10, 15 years ago. That's absolutely shocking that they've gone this long without it. You know, so. Um, yeah, look, it could turn out to be a positive as long as they can get everyone moving in the right direction. And I think he's loads of possibilities um, in terms of making the squad better. He can attract in the right guys. Yeah, and moving on to Leinster, I know Luke said he had a note of caution. We'll get to that in a second. Mm. You know, I'd share that. I don't really have a question. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I mean, they're just like they're kind of sauntering through games. I mean, they're sauntering through games brilliantly. Like they're they're playing really, it's all really too well. Too easy though, isn't it? Like yeah. well, like teams. Are, I mean, sorry, Leon actually put up more of a fight than I expected at the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of, I, I was more keeping an eye on it than than actively watching it on Sunday because I was in the press room before the game. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't be able to give you a detailed tactical breakdown of what what went on. But it, the Leon definitely fronted up a lot more than you'd expect a, a French team out of the competition away from home. Yeah. I do think I think. I said it before in here, but like you know, I, I expect Leon to be a force in two or three years. I think they're going in the right way. Mm. Well, my concern with Leinster is that like they're they're so strong, they're just too strong for everyone except for Saracens, Exeter, Racing, Toulouse. That's pretty much it, isn't yeah, it? That Toulouse, maybe, maybe Claremont. Yeah. Sorry, they're, they're, that's the big. They're the big six or big five or six. Toulouse maybe. got very lucky against them last year. Yeah, they're a better team than Toulouse. Yeah, they are. But I think Toulouse could still, you know, they with could Kesson, beat them. Colby, they could beat them. You know, yeah, they have players yeah. to cause problems. So they're going to go in in April. On the back of a Six Nations, it's going to take out one or two of their players, yeah. not really knowing where they are. Like they, they, they're flying. They, they got almost got shot by Ulster last year in the quarterfinal stage, and they weren't playing as should well. Have been this lost, time should have lost that one. They should have, but they yeah. weren't playing as well even like that yeah. last year. So I mean, they maybe they'll be better set for it. But I just would have a little bit of a concern that they haven't faced anything. The, the flip side of that is they're going to be in the Viva Stadium for the quarterfinal and semi-final. Yeah. Presumably, they don't screw it up this week. They're brilliant there. They very rarely slip up there. Yeah. Um, and Other teams seem to find it hard going there, I think, don't they? Yeah, well, they just like Leinster are Ireland, you know, yeah. effectively, and then you know it's an Ireland home home game in some ways. I mean, yeah. Munster and Ulster and Connacht people will hate me saying that, but like you know, all these players are Ireland internationals; they're yeah. very used to the surrounds. Other players are other, other teams are almost beaten before they get there. I, yeah. I, I think that will stand to them. But I think if they get Saracens in the quarter final, if they get. <sighs> Um, like I think they'll get Northampton to be honest. The way it's going to work out, they'll possibly get Northampton, which could which be could Saracens. Get, it could be Saracens. It's, it's either it could or be. Or that's like, that's that's yeah. the one you worry about them sleepwalking in. Yeah, like I just I I look at it. And I just think oh, I'm a little bit concerned defensively about them. Honestly, yeah, I think they I think they let a lot. There's a lot of breaks, a lot of breaks against Leinster. Like Leon over there made a lot of breaks, didn't capitalize on them. Now there was some good defense, but there was to to kind of recover. Um, but I just think a better team will could pull you apart there. Mm. Um. So I'd be a little bit concerned about that. Um, now, they will get better. Like, Johnny Sexton coming back makes a big difference to them. Uh, you know, James Ryan wasn't playing on the weekend. He makes a big a big difference. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just, just be slightly... Just a few things. I, I, I just feel... It's, very, it's coming very easy to them at the moment. Um, and I just feel like there's going to be one team that'll that will surprise them and shock them they'll have to come back from you know they have to come back from situation they haven't had to come back I don't think really um, that often from like a you know in a tight spot margin with like kind of it 20 minutes season they haven't at all the only yeah. thing that has been in a tight spot is the, is the team that's going to be playing during the Six Nations you know the kind of reserve yeah, lads who went yeah, over yeah. to Glasgow and won that tight game and 3-0 and 0 <laughs> yeah, like that, that, those are the kind of character building yeah. like that yeah. team's going to take over now and they'll they'll go through the Six Nations and Munster and Tony yeah. Park like they're the team who've actually yeah. dug out the only kind of close games that need to require a bit of you know rolling now, but the even Ireland the Ulster one at home, like, like they were just they, like they let forty points. Like was it forty points to let? It was a thirty. Yeah, that was that was forty two. I can't yeah. even. Remember, yeah, sorry. forty points. Like it's those things like are like alarm bells for yeah. me against a good team. Now I know the Ireland like, lads will be in pretty serious games for five weeks though, so they'll be nicely battle hardened by the time they get back. And I have a feeling the Farrell's going to mirror what Leinster do a lot. I think, so I think they pretty they'll much be, have taken Farrell's defence, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so I think there, there is. Is that a good thing? <laughs> don't know. Don't know. We don't <laughs> on know. the evidence so far. I don't think well, we so. We don't know how much free, like you know. I don't know how much uh, freedom he has. Freedom he had. Look I mean, like he had a good bit. He's very well respected. Yeah, excellent coach. I would have thought Joe would. He might be one guy that has the personality for Joe to be kind of like. Well, I'll just leave Andy do it. Like, what do you what do you want to do, Andy? Like, and yeah. obviously he'd have feedback and have in like. There's no way he's going to let anything 
um, you know, <laughs> go without having some kind of influence on it. But um, I can't see it being too much different. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen much evidence against really good teams um, of that defence working very well. But look, leaving that aside, um, consistently is kind of my concern. Mm. I think every now and then you'd have a big one, like a huge game, wherever. Like, but to keep it consistently there seems to be very difficult for them. So, um, yeah, that's that's the one the one caveat I think with the Leinster stuff is that I feel like there was a little bit of a test against Leon, but they were let off the hook. Um, and you know, have they felt the pain? Like the, these kind of runs, um, you know, they can be bad for you in a way, particularly if you're not nilling teams. If you're nilling teams, you're kind of saying, "Wow, like they're." defensively locked down and you know they're attacking obviously better than the other teams you know but it's that's the one part of it I think against a big team if but you like, have to if you know it, but when you have a huge lead like that like it's not the same as conceding breaks when it's a real tight game is it they like, conceded a few against Leon that were a bit concerning I thought okay. and I feel like um you know that was the, they got home as a real test you know I thought they got like they kind of they won well but they were there was if they had got a few of those tries when they met off the back of a few of those breaks. And in Northampton as well, Northampton, you know, tore them open. They tore times. them open yeah. a couple of times. They they should have got there was a two or three tries the they should have got. Half, yeah, 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 yeah. They really should have put a few more away. Yeah. So uh, and they end up kind of you know thumping them. But um, yeah, sorry, that's a good that's a good point actually because I remember I've kind of was saying it to you at, the, at the time. I was like, oh, I think there's they, they need to get better there. Like if they want to beat the top teams like Racing, like they won't contain Racing like that. There's no way. Um, you know, I know Finn Russell can be shaky sometimes, but um, you know the rest of the guys like they they'll pick you apart because they get momentum at different points and they don't look infallible there. I I, I know Leinster fans. There's probably some Leinster fans will be listening, going like, "What are you on about?" We mm. sixteen in a row, but this is the stuff that Leinster have to be on. Like this is this is they. There's have no to be point in judging them. Saying like we have to say like like because they are going to need to get better. Yeah, I mean there's it's no a magnificent achievement to go and beating this far. It will be an amazing achievement to, to go and beat them through a season, which they could end up doing. But if they're Thank going, you, Roy, <laughs> <it. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's like talking something into reality. Isn't it? Oh, like, it's, it's, it's watching it just blossom. It's, it's absolutely yeah. a thing now. But, but I mean, if they're going to do that, they yeah. have to be really mindful of any slip, yeah. uh, any slip in their own standards. And like they're, they are the, the favourites for this tournament. They're the best team in Europe right now. They're probably going to yeah. be number one seeds going into the quarterfinal. But they're going to have three. Ah, much we have to find something to talk about. I was, I was on board. Uh, honestly, I was watching part of it. I was and I was on silent. Uh, but I was watching. and I was thinking, I kind of lost interest after about 25, 30 minutes because I was like, they're just. It was tight enough, but I knew they were going to hockey them. Do you know what I mean? They'd let a few little chances, like James Lowe with the chip, through, like a few of those moments where I'm saying, this is only going one way when it gets. When, yeah, when but it, it's funny. It's instructive just to see. Like Leinster have a really easy pool. The easiest pool they've had. I would say earned. That's the yeah, point. Like yeah. that's why Munster really need to target that number one uh, yeah, seed in, yeah, in, in, yeah. in the league because it just shows how much you can actually get out of it. Like Leinster yeah. got Treviso, Northampton, who were a work in progress, and Leon, who you know are going well in the French league, but I know we're near Clermont or Racing or Toulouse. Whereas Munster ended up with two sharks and have been eaten alive pretty much. Well, they, they weren't really eaten alive by Saris. Uh, that they got very lucky there. Or Racing. I mean, that was only yeah. the last ten minutes. They, that, they yeah, like I think that probably there. like sorry, I I would be I wouldn't be looking at. The um, like I think that the Finn Russell kick was a skew off the inside of his boot for the um, for that try. It was a lovely finish if he got it. I think I described um, it perfectly weighted in the paper. Yeah, <laughs> but you could <laughs> see that like wrong. sorry, but like actually Haley was in a lovely position for it because like you never want like you'd only ever want that going to the corner flag. You'd never yeah. want that going beyond where like where it ended up going. Yeah. So it's a really hard one for him to cover uh, for the Teddy Tomat try. Mm. Um, and look. The back pass is just a freak incredible. moment, like incredible, you know. Uh, really, remind, it was a Galtier used to throw those ones out the back, um, like it was an unbelievable bit of skill. But look, leaving those two things aside, it probably was a close game, and I thought they played well for for periods. They, well, they could have played with better. Ten, ten yeah. Minutes to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do you know what I mean, they were they were they were well in that game. Now there was there was moments where I said like the particularly the that fa the the phase of play before the um, I'm not going to go back over, it, but the Conway try from the intercept. You know that was re there was a really bad run of play just before halftime. It's like God, that's a real a good yeah. team. You know they they kind of stick the boot in you there. They have the foot in the neck, um. So they have a bit to go yet, but I wouldn't be getting overly kind of I, I wouldn't be overly critical at, at this point in time. But they do look like there's a, still a step in class, and they need to address that. You know, but like that's the tournament's problem, isn't it? I mean, like like what we're talking about with Leinster, you could yeah. equally be talking about with with a couple of other teams. Yeah. And I mean, Pro 14 is they're way too strong for Pro 14. Yeah. They're too strong for this pool. And if I was Leinster season ticket holder, I don't know. I mean, maybe they enjoy going and watching whitewashes every week. 
that, that I wouldn't hate be, that. Like, yeah. I, that would, it's like yeah. watching a Dublin National League game in Croke Park, you know, they're just pumping teams. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. that's that's got to be a little bit of it's a like fear. I mean, po- like popping points. You're better co- off going to Parnell or wherever they're doing their training session and watch the 15 against 15. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like that's like, honestly, I, I, that's what I look at at a time. I was thinking like, Jesus, these guys, they're mentally just not able to, they're, once the tide goes against them, it just, they can't stop it because yeah. they don't have the belief, you know. Like the Connacht game two weeks ago. Oh, you know, Jesus, that, that was embarrassing. Like, about one side of the yeah. rugby matches you'd see. Yeah. Um, but just just to finish up on Leinster, you know, there's a kind of a, with the Six Nations coming into view, like there's a lot of focus on the back row, particularly number eight, Max Deegan and Caelan Dyson have been going kind of match for match, man for ma- uh, man of the match, man of the match. Like, who do you think is kind of the better player at this point in time? I really like Deegan, but every coach and every really intelligent rugby person I talk to tells me how good Doris is. I love a player who makes big moments, big plays, and Deegan does that consistently. But he maybe doesn't do the nuts and bolts stuff that Doris does. And it, Doris is capable of big, big moments as well. Deegan's a year or two older. He is an unbelievable athlete. I mean, he can accommodate them both in the same back row. Um, can you it, not? Could you not? Could, like, you can. Sorry, I said you can. So you can move yeah, Deegan. Yeah. Deegan seems to be able to shift, yeah. shift Deegan to six, okay. play Doris at eight. Like, I would go one of them for the Six Nations personally. Um, I like the idea if you're going to bring, I, I like the idea of bringing standards energy off the bench. Um, Standard, yeah, yeah, off the bench, yeah. Like, Reese Ruddock has to play. Yeah, well, that, that, he's my starting six. Is like, he always your starting yeah, six? Okay, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Pete's yeah. in trouble. Um, even mm-hmm. though he played quite well on Saturday, yeah, so he was so or on Sunday. So, no, like, I think it's neck and neck. I, I really like Deegan. Deegan's the kind of player that I would go for, but then I'm not a coach, so I don't necessarily mm-hmm. wor- worry about what the lads does, does in training or what their GPS tells me. I like people to make line breaks and, and, and big plays. You need players tries. like that too. I mean, it's yeah, like it's underrated yeah. sometimes. You know, in the coach speak, t- yeah. You know. So you like, who would you? I, go the problem this? is, I think it's overrated for some people. Like, I think yeah. people like will overrate those things. That's always the danger. You get someone like him, and he's like a. You can tell he's a superb athlete, lovely skills. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably, as you say, and I thought it was interesting that you went there because it's exactly what I feel about it. It kind of depends on what your combination is. Like, yeah. who who have you gotten there? Like, if you have Josh van der Fleer at seven, uh, which looks pretty much, I think, I would say, nailed on be, at this yeah, point, yeah. yeah. Um, and you go at Reese Ruddock. Um, yeah, d- then you're kind of saying, well, there probably is space for someone like that. Yeah. There is, because you're saying those two guys, like, Reese can do big carries and lots of work. But Josh isn't really going to do that for you. He's like a fetcher and he's going to be just making all his tackles and putting pressure on that and leading the lines. Like he was so good at getting off the line. It makes it so much easier for the guys outside him. It's such, it's a kind of an un- unheralded kind of thing. Like, you know, people don't really look at it and say, geez, that was a brilliant bit of play. But to get the first couple of steps off the line, the difference it makes for the for the defence on the outside, like I, I have to say, um, I think he's playing really great rugby. Uh, look, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's two young guys nipping at his heels who are very, very good. Um, and to come back to the question, um, with those two guys playing, I think you have people there who can really roll up the sleeves if you need to. And I'd say, um, yeah, I'd say Deegan looks really good to me. I, I find him really exciting to watch. And I think there is a place for someone who's got um, that game-changing ability and a bit of an offloading ability and spots that break, runs, good lines. And I, I, I completely get, if someone said to me, Doris, I'd say, geez, I completely get that too. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think he probably, is he a better line-out option to Egan as well? He looks like he's a better shape for that. You know, I'm not sure I'm not 100% convinced on that. As he's in, two kilos lighter, so he can... Yeah, he'll get up in the air, but he looks a bit lopier. He looks like he might be a bit more you know, powerful. He <coughs> yeah. could be good at getting up in the air. I don't I know mean, if he's we, used that often. I mean, there, you can get into the weeds of it, like, but you know, if you do if you do leave Peter Romani out, you lose his line of capabilities, and that is yeah, his main strength at the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's so, um, good there, so yeah. like it, there is. I wouldn't be writing him off yet. He actually, I thought he had a brilliant tackle. Like, tackle that, that was really it was, right. it was sensational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sensational. Yeah, it was and, and no, he had a good game. I mean, I, 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 I probably would have been critical of him this season. The same as Murray. They both had good games. I thought Murray was zippy. Murray just looks like he's. The other question with number eight is who's your nine? Like, so if you're putting John Cooney in, do you have to pick Stander? Stander's more experienced internationally. There's loads of permutations that really Andy Farrell has to yeah, consider. Yeah. But then if Johnny's there, it doesn't matter because like Johnny's just gonna be barking them all around anyway. So yeah. you know, it's it's there's there's a couple of, of questions. Like everything in rugby, there's gonna be permutation. Yeah, it's permutation. Yeah, you got to decide on something, and there will be like that'll have a knock-on effect somewhere else, and that'll defend like like whoever decides in his key pivotal positions will probably determine about you know who gets in where because as you say, the you know there'll be a, a bit of a dearth of uh, I think experience in in a few positions, and that's probably you know. He, need to, he might need to take a chance there. 
might need to play two of those guys together and see how they get on. Mm. But um, very exciting. Like I think there's lots of people playing um, like that. That Irish selection. I'm really excited to see who like who he has in there yeah. and who he ends up picking for that first game because I think um, there's lots of young guys who are playing very very well. It looks like yeah. we've come to the next kind of transition phase of in terms of the squad. Who would you like to see in there tomorrow? Well. Sorry, in the Irish, Irish in the squad, squad. Yeah, 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 squad, yeah, yeah it's being yeah. tomorrow. Um, who would I like to see in um, that people maybe aren't expecting? With uh, or well, the whole, you know, anyone, anyone. Well, obviously, you don't have to say Johnny Sexton or Conor. You know, yeah, think. I think. Look, the obvious one, and it's like not exactly um, like I'm discovering, you know, light or the telephone here, but I think Cooney, like yeah. you know. Um, He's uh, playing really well. He seems to be getting a few tries as well, uh, kind of key ones. He's a nuggety player. Um, I couldn't believe when I heard Joe Schmidt saying that, or he said Joe Schmidt said it was an issue with his defence. He's always been nuggety and brave. Um, so that's not an issue. Um, and I think he's under, you know, it, it'll say a lot. I think it, like, it might even spur Murray on to, to more if he doesn't pick him uh, for the first game. Um you know, I think would like is Will Connor's going to feature? Like, I think he's probably too I, he far away at this Europe, point. So, um, I, but he's geez, he yeah. looks really good to me. He could be good. They might bring a few guys in like that who could be around for yeah. training. I think Jack O'Donoghue, who may he wasn't in that forty-five man stock take, but he's actually been Munster's best player in the last couple of months, and he was very good on Saturday on mm. Sunday as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who's your check, second? Like, if you don't pick Connors, who's your second choice seven? Is it O'Donoghue? Yeah. Is like the Pedro Mahi there a few times? Is he does then? Dev get back in? Dev definitely gets back in. Like yeah. Dev starts to me. It's it's it's. Yeah. Especially, it depends on what you do with at Hooker. But if you bring Kelleher in, probably unlikely that he's missed last six Kelleher, games. Sorry, I can't believe I didn't think of that. He's but he hasn't played for ages. That's yeah. the problem. But if you, if you do bring him in, he could get squeezed out just because he hasn't been around. You know, he yeah. he'll missed. definitely be in the squad. Yeah. Well, well, fit, how many hookers do they bring? Three, four, three, three. Four. Probably. I, I like. I, I don't. Well, see, I, don't three, three, I don't see Sean. A, I don't see. I don't think Sean Connor's going to be in there. He wasn't in the stock take. I think he's. Bit like Rob Kearney, he's at the age where he's gonna like he's he's gonna have to be seen to move on with a few from a few, and I think I think Sean Murray's gonna be unlucky. Scanlon's twenty seven. Oh, he's only twenty seven. Yeah. I thought he was a yeah. older. Yeah. So he'll be in Herring's in and probably Callagher. Because Sean Gordon's like thirty two. Is he thirty three? Thirty three. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he wouldn't. He, no doubt that he could have a very good Six Nations for Ireland. Yeah. I just think Farrell needs to be seen to move on. Bring some few new. They've never, never even moved on to him. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> to move on, he'd off be a fresh face in many ways. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A, a fresh face with seventy-five yeah. caps. But the thing is, though, he's one of those people that I think, um, like. Yeah, like he's so powerful still. Like I, I always think like that's the key part with an older player is like you go, you lose the pace or you lose the, the bit of zip, you know, yeah. and then you're kind of well, it's over. Well, he's he hasn't lost that yet, you know. Mm. And like most of those guys in those positions actually last a little bit longer. You wonder what his, what his throwing kind of calm down and get a little bit better if he got if you know as he gets a little bit older. It looks to me like it has. I always think he's been very good for Leinster. Um, so yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I, I actually just assumed he'd be in, but there you go. Some people obviously yeah. thinking no. And just on Devon Tonery, you mentioned him there. He had an interesting interview in some of the papers the weekend talking about Joe Schmidt dropping him, kind of a version of events that you talked a bit about here. And then Joe Schmidt <laughs> casts his persons on it now. Where did you feel vindicated that Devon Tonery came out? And yeah. yeah, I do feel vindicated. Back to your yeah. version of events. Well, I'm glad I didn't apologise, which I, I was asked for an apology and I, I didn't apologise. <laughs> um, so um, that felt yeah, that was good to good to see that you know. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, look, uh, it's interesting to see him back in the fold, you know, yeah. because he'd be like, he's, he's the same he's age as Sean Cronin, but those guys go on for ages. Yeah. He's had no injuries. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would kind of get, think those two positions are a bit like that, you know. Yeah, but, he's um, playing very, very well. He's playing and, excellent, yeah. You know, he's responded to that work of disappointment. I'd say, I'd say the coach. He has, he responded in the paper, thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's silent forever. I know, I know what I didn't see a question from as well. It's disgusting that he went with the Sundays, but like, he, he's, he's played so. He's, he's, he, I think the way that he handled it, the fact that he did leave it until he played loads of games and played them well, I think that will win him admiration. And he didn't. While he did correct the record, he didn't have a go. So nah, I think that I, I think yeah. that will it's be well received. Thought well. he came out no, of it very well. Good. I think yeah. he does. I think, right? thought he came out of it very well. I think apart from not being out, not playing, he's a lovely guy. Besides uh, not being in the squad, but I also well. I, I think apart from not playing at the World Cup, which obviously he would have taken over any sure goodwill, crap he's anyway. come out of it. With his, well, I think he, if reputation. he'd been there, it might be a bit better. Yeah. Um, his reputation has risen so much yeah. on the back of it. Like, and it's, I, I, I wonder if he realised how popular he was beforehand. Um, John Klein's picked up an injury, which also helps him getting in. But he also he was he's been couldn't. He, off, he worked yeah. really hard yesterday. He, he, or, yeah, Sunday, but this, that was a ridiculous yeah. penalty. And his hands when he tried to throw a few yeah. passes. And we 
was tired, but like Still not good enough. Like not good at, enough. at this at this level, he has work to do to get back because he does have the athletic profile. I do see the power stuff because he was one of the few yeah. who was winning collisions. Yeah, but I'd still pick Devon Tona right now, particularly because Ian Henderson's lineout calling has been uh, an absolute uh, disaster. And just on some of the other omissions from the initial stock take, Rob Carney not getting back in. You presume he needed to start for Leinster. Yeah. I would have thought and to get back. Jordy in. Murphy. Whose mission, I guess, people were surprised about at the time. Yeah. I, I don't really see Again, how he gets back in either. He's in that seven conversation if you're looking for a backup to yeah. Van der Fleer, but yeah. I don't I don't know why he was just got experience. He's got he's a decent age profile as well. He'll, He'll make be back in at some stage, yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah. If, I, I think he he's probably needs good. a couple I of injuries. He's been good, though. He's like, been so good. Yeah, I was yeah. very surprised, with, mm. but if he wasn't in that initial one, I don't see what he, you know. Who gets in ahead of him? Like, do you have Pete in as a seven there? Does that, like does Pete give you an opportunity to select him there? I just I think don't. He's, he's a pure more, seven. I think Peter is moving more towards being a seven now because he's a breakdown threat. He's yeah. an aerial threat, but he's not really a carrying threat. Yeah. I think you need your six to be more physical, and he's not really winning those collisions. But he still is so experienced. He's a big game player, yeah. so there's a role for him. And he's one of the leaders now. He could be one of the ones that Farrell ends up sacrificing to kind of show, show up, up well, and move on from the World Cup. Mm. At the same time we hear that it's quite a quiet squad and he's one of the leaders in there. So it, that's going to be a tough one. That This is the problem Farrell has. He's not new. He's mm. coming in with pre-existing perceptions of these players. Yeah. So he needs to try and show a clean break from the like from a yeah. perception point of view. He definitely would have had differing views. There's no way you're in there long enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, and I don't think buddies either. Like. He probably has an opportunity to express that now. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see who comes in. Like I, I have to say, like he's got a big opportunity here to select some guys who've been playing well for a long time who haven't been getting much love. Like um, like Larmer, you Conway. Know, I think Conway. Reese um, Ruddock has been playing brilliant for Porter could be involved as well. Porter be in there. Well, obviously he's always in 23 or thereabouts. He won't get he won't get beyond time. Yeah, I think it looks like he might start this week. I think he's been playing better than Furlong this season since he's come back. Again, oh, I thought Furlong was good the last day. Yeah, he was Furlong's good. quality, but like Furlong's you, you could you could move to a point where you play you start Furlong one week. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Start yeah Porter like Haley and McGrath a few years ago when they were rotating them. Yeah, a bit McGrath's like. a guy that, that that is moving closer to getting a, a call. That was back a lovely bit of well. play uh, back in Sydney. Marty Moore and McGrath. Yeah, even the one now awkward. How do you even get that around his belly? Moore is another one. He'll probably go as the third tight end. I was going to say he's definitely third choice. Surely he's playing really well. He's playing very well. He hasn't played for Ireland since 2015 when he won. He's won two Six Nations and then disappeared. Didn't like. But he went to Wasps and that annoyed them as well. No, he went because no, they didn't. Like the weight thing, yeah. Always, they always felt, he, and he was kind of in, he had bad run of injuries. Um, you know, wasn't a great trainer. Um, yeah. but um, but you put him out there, he performs. It's like he's one of those guys. I, that think, doesn't I always love playing with Marty yeah. Moore because I think he's a nice rugby player, a great breakdown threat as well. He is a, such a good, and he's a great tackler. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit for that. When if you're in his space and he's very good, he doesn't get caught out. Very rarely he gets caught out. Um. And I think he's an excellent defender, excellent defender. Yeah, and nice hands, like a little bit. So I know we. I'm, so I'm actually just. I'm not saying, but like little pops inside and out himself. And Jack are nice players at that. So, um, yeah, it was good. And one thing on the squad we haven't touched on the captaincy. I mm. presume will be announced tomorrow. Will it? I don't know that. For, like, we're trying to chase info about it, but I haven't heard. I presume it'll be in tomorrow because otherwise you just delay it again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when you. Like, do you name it first Johnny squad. Sexton is it? My gut says that Johnny Sexton will be the captain. My, I would go with James Ryan personally, but yeah. um, I think he's going to go with Johnny. Cycle. I, I, I would think so, and Eight. I think the mistake that Ireland... Four years cycle. I know, but the mistake Ireland made last time was... No, were, but just give him a... No, I know, a captain. Me, like, just, Johnny should have been captain in 2019. You know, 100%. Like the, and, and jo but Johnny will... I can't see Johnny being around in 2023. So give James Ryan the Why? chance to make mistakes now, to get used to it to grow on the job. Yeah. Now, there may be an argument that he talks to Johnny and he says, Johnny, right, you, this is yours until 2017, then we're going to, or twice, sorry, 2021, and then, even if you're staying on, we're going to pivot to James Ryan and he's your vice captain and he learns. I think there is a case for that and it is fitting of Johnny Sexton's career, but if we're going to move on from the World, from the World Cup property and we're going to see this as a, a, a brave new dawn, I think, a new captain will How be. can you not think of it as a four-year cycle? Seriously, like I, he's definitely going to be there and he's going to be a key guy for you. He's your best player. Um, and he's, yeah, probably not yet, but he's close, bloody, bloody close to being best player, I think. From, just sorry, that's only, obviously only opinion, but yeah. yeah. So would Ryan be your captain if you're deciding it? I think he might be, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone else who's got a profile that um, and has a bit of experience doing the job. Um, you know, Reese Ruddock could be very good, but I just don't know if he's... You know, are they gonna are they one hundred percent convinced that he's gonna be playing? Yeah, he won't be nailed run? on enough. Like no, that. not yet. Uh, and like he would be an ideal candidate. Like Reese is a serious leader of men. He's a great speaker. He does the thing. He does it all properly. Mixes with everyone very well. 
great trainer. Um, you know, he's got the full package and he deals with the media very well. He's actually a good speaker, I think, as well. I don't know if you have what you think on that one, Rudds, but yeah, he'd be the other guy for me who could be a good could be a good option. I think there's the guys in the backs, no one stands out to me, you know. Um, you know, Henshaw's probably a quiet guy. Um, I'd say Gary isn't a quiet guy, but he's like a you know, I wouldn't say he engages overly on, on, on that front and probably isn't seen as a leader in there and certainly, you know, the None of the guys in the back three would stand out in that respect. Either. Omani's the other obvious candidate. Omani would be if you're, are you picking him? That's the thing that's, at the moment. Yeah, that's yeah, the big risk yeah, around yeah, Omani. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, he captained Ireland in that uh, summer tour in Australia, but then well, they're not co-captains. Was not yeah, but he he actually started as captain okay. in all the games, and then by the time the World Cup came around, they were both in the team against Russia. Johnny got the nod, mm. so I don't know what that said about where the coaches saw Peters and his form. So. Um, I think it's between Ryan and Sexton and I have a feeling they might go for that kind of hybrid get Sexton give Sexton the, the honour and let make him the team leader but we, you know, a bit like England did with Owen Farrell towards the end of the World Cup cycle they they brought Farrell in for Hartley at the end of it so yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be one guy for the whole thing no it doesn't so, and, no. and then he probably cap, but then like I mean, he's he, you probably don't have the Lions window he'd probably go on the Lions tour so you don't have that window to kind of send him over there I would just expose him to him now look at Warburton look at Brian O'Driscoll like there are players who've done it young before he's capable of it he's, he's a he's a mature, very mature 23 year old or 24 year old whatever they he said they do say he, he can be, he's a little bit kind of more reserved maybe mm. um, at this point than you would think a, a captain probably would be, which is one, probably the one like behind the scenes, like stuff we what we don't see. So the lads were saying like he'd kind of probably hold fire a little bit. Now maybe that's maybe he's gotten more vocal in the last year, but you do need to like you can't be afraid to 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 to, to you know voice an opinion because you you know I'd say he did feel like he was a young guy in there, but you definitely still. Yeah, is. It's just funny just so you mentioned that because I've been reading Warburton's book yesterday, and that's exactly how he felt when he was appointed. Though. He's like he was really reserved and nervous around the, the senior players. He's like, how am I meant to tell them anything? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, and he really gave him the captaincy. <laughs> yeah, worked. yeah, but it's a, it's a difficult thing. Like, I think at the end of the day, your your playing is going to be a key ingredient to that as well. You know, uh, I always remember Drico like harped on about that all the time. Uh, was that you know. You know, you just play your own game first. Like that's if you're not if you're not playing well, you know, you're like you're not going always going to have a great game, but you still need to have a body of work there. People say, well, he deserves to be in the team. He's one of our best players, and James Ryan was going to have that. You know, so yeah, um, yeah look, he, he he'll be able to rely on that if he gets a gig. I think you're right. I think it'll probably end up being Johnny. Uh, he's probably the probably the incumbent at this point having been a vice captain as well he's definitely if he if he's fit he'll definitely play and he won't um, let Ireland down I mean, no he's, no it's, it's and he's a, a great speaker you know he'd be a good leader there he was not afraid to ruffle feathers he'd be good good guy to have definitely in there I wouldn't put it against him either just you know? pity he's not two years younger that's, that, that's it that's be, it then, it? then it wouldn't really be a debate no Rory thanks for coming I know for the last five minutes or so you, you're <laughs> under, under under no worries thanks for your pleasure as always uh, we can just continue as if <laughs> nothing is amiss which is yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we might just wrap up on uh, Ulster and Clermont just before we finish mm -hmm. uh, Ulster and Clermont started really well another try for John Cooney we touched on it earlier yeah. the heavies combining really well I hope I don't offend Jack and Marty for uh, linking up beautifully they certainly are heavies yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it was a lovely bit of play but yeah. they missed a couple of good chances early on like Kill they it. went to the corner fair enough but it was an overthrow there was another mm -hmm. couple of turnovers that was the time they really had Clermont on the ropes and, and Ulster looked seriously good in that period but then afterwards, once Claremont turned on the power, it, it, the game got away from them it pretty was too quickly. Much, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, that was kind of what we had said the week before. Not that we've like it's so hard to bloody predict rugby games, but that was always going to be a huge challenge for them. Mm. What I did like is that there was there was enough. Uh, we always, I always, I'm using this expression a lot now, but there's enough green shoots there where you're kind of saying, you know, they're pretty close to winning a big match away in uh, in France. A mm. few things, they're a bit more clinical uh, in a few different aspects. And once you're winning those ones, I think you're you're rightfully kind of at the top table. I still think they're. They're just behind maybe a Leinster at the moment, uh, or a Saracens, or a Racing, but uh, or a Claremont probably. Um, not at home, but you need to have. You need I to, think they're the next team probably. They under are. The, I would agree with that. The, the next team under that top yeah. six, which is amazing considering where we like what we were saying about them. You know, um, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, like we were saying, mm. Jesus, like what is it, what's going on in Ulster? Like what's, how do they yeah, fix this? You know, you talked a lot about how much their pack has improved. It's like it's funny. I just like looked at their pack and I looked at the Claremont pack and I was just like, I'm paying. That's going to be a bit of a battle. I was like, that will be a battle. Like, yeah. it's actually, it's not like in previous years where you're like, oh, Claremont will steamroll them up front. It's like yeah. this is a serious Ulster pack. One hundred percent. Like you know, like I'm sure people were saying, like, what does that winger know about mm. stuff in the pack? But sometimes, as a like as a back, you know even more about how important it is to have a good a good pack. Mm. Um, because I played behind probably packs that maybe struggled um, in my early part of my Leinster career. Um, and Jesus, like when they started getting like your Sean O'Briens and Keane Healy's in, and you know 
uh, Leo Cullens, like Shane Jennings, Jamie Heaslips, like Jesus, it makes some difference. It's so yeah. disheartening for the other team when there's like you look at the Leinster players. There's many Leinster players, like Leinster forwards, with nearly as like more or the same amount of tries as the backs, and that was always the case. My whole career in Leinster was that there was it was just a great spread across the team. Sean Cronin's almost in the top five all time for Leinster tries. I know it's unbelievable. One like look at even. Kelleher as well, like do you know what I mean? There's guys there, like yeah. he's a he's been seriously prolific as well. But to get back to the 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 Ulster thing is, like there's a good spread of talent across the team in the pack now and and across the backs. Um, I think they're missing one or two little components to get to the next level, but. I really don't feel like that they're, they're that far away. And I liked a lot of the stuff defensively. I know there was a few parts where you're kind of saying, geez, that was a bit, they let them off a hook there. That was a, you know, there was a few moments where you said that was a bit disappointing, you know, but I feel like they've come a long, long way. And I think they're going to be, it's a team you're just not going to enjoy playing, I think, in the quarterfinal, semifinal. They have, they have enough weapons to hurt you. John Cooney's kicking is very good. And as you said, like, I think you match that pack up against probably, the only packs you're probably saying oh, maybe that struggle is maybe Leinster because and, and I actually would bring in the bench to that mm. and probably Saracens yeah. they're probably the only two packs we'd say ah, they'll have they'll have a tough time containing them but Jesus if they all play really well they could beat anyone on the, on, on when the, I look at the, the team day. I think the one thing they're missing and I don't I don't mean to be bad like on Billy Burns who Billy I Burns definitely sorry he's a good player but if they had a better out half, I think they'd be a serious team. Like, yeah. And R Rory mentioned before he left, Leinster under pressure to keep all their tens. Like, Frawley, Frawley is That's what I was thinking. Kieran Frawley with his ball playing ability with that back leg. He's tough be as I, I well. Think, He's a big kid. I he likes to tackle. Good, uh, uh, you know me. I like. I just think he is a class yeah. player. And I think um, if he if he was maybe rerouted there in the summer, going into next year. Hard to go Ulster for, for guys set to the border. Uh, they've been more and more going every year. Be yeah. Like, but like, like, there's 10 Leinster lads up there. Sorry, that's a fair point. Actually, no. I completely take that back. You know, you have like you <laughs> it's know, probably my. I just would never. That's go your up. own bias, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Sorry, that's actually completely garbage by me. Yeah, no, because there's so many of them going up. But um, yeah, like, like Leo would be. He'll hate us having this conversation every week. But it's the reality of the situation now. Like, I think, like, I think Munster should be having a serious look in the in the. The, maybe the, the beyond the 23 in Leinster because there's, there's enough of those guys that if they got exposure to top class rugby they could be in the Leinster 23 or you know or 15 in, in some of the big games they just haven't got a chance to do it and they probably don't look like they're going to get a chance yeah. That's that's so that's what you got to play on but they're like you look at particularly Ulster and Munster huge clubs like really huge clubs like great following every week um, like you know they'll have the, they'll have the money as well like you'll get, be able to get a good contract up there yeah. uh, like um, I, I I wouldn't mind living in Belfast. There's actually a provision in my contract that I could be sent to the Belfast Telegraph, and I wouldn't be able to 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 fight it. Like so, I could. Jeez, uh, well, if you're not create, I, I really thought you'd create a little bit of a niche for yourself. It could here, happen. I could get power. sent up to the Belfast, and I wouldn't mind it. I like it. Yeah, a little fiefdom down here now that you've got your uh, your left wing component as well. But look, I'll have a word with Dave. I'll make sure they don't send you. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's it's. It, I think that'd be an exciting place to play rugby at the moment, and there's yeah. a real feel good play like vibe around the place. They'd be disappointed at the weekend, but look, it's all to play for this weekend, and they're still going to be in a great position. I think um, coming into the, the the final round, and they should be, um, you know. You like to think that they they might have a home quarter, you know. They they, they, they might nah, squeeze they it in. You don't think so? They'll be, they'll be the top ranked second place team. I could see them getting five points at home, and well, I think they're, nah, they're, if Claremont get five against Quinns away, like but it's away. I think Quinns have nothing. To, like Quinns are out, you know. But, yeah, so. yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe I'm just thinking about. Uh, I just think the Frenchies maybe away from home, like Quinns every now and then. Come up with a big, I don't think that'll be a five pointer, you know. I but I think if, if Claremont and they might even win that if one, if Claremont get a four, get four points. That they they have top like they don't even need a five pointer. They just, they just okay. need to win right, to get to, to top that pool. So I, I I couldn't see them losing in Queens, but you never know. Claremont have had a few bogey results randomly over the years. Yeah. Like so, the, where are they looking? Will they look like kind of more fifth or sixth? Ulster seed, will be sixth seed. Sixth Claremont. Right. So I'd say just having crunched the numbers, it'll be like Leinster won. Oh, have you crunched them? Have you? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Well, these yeah. are actually my power rankings, but I've, oh. I've crunched them independent. I'll just do the power rankings. Like Leinster won, Exeter two, Toulouse three, Claremont four, Racing five, Ulster six. Saracens 7 Northampton 8 or Saracens 8 Northampton 7 so you're looking at maybe Leinster Northampton Exeter Sar and Sarri's definitely beating Racing at home yeah I yeah. think they will because again Racing are true already they could okay. go for the home quarter if they were to win but I don't think they will you're looking at maybe Leinster Northampton 
Exeter Saracens, Toulouse Ulster in Toulouse, and Claremont Rossig in Claremont, and like so, you'd have Leinster at home to Northampton in the quarters. Although if Saracens don't get a bonus point against Rossing, it could be Leinster Saracens in the quarterfinals in the Aviva, which would be, be a stinker for our Leinster, wouldn't it? That'd be funny. Yeah, you you win all your matches. You go on a eighteen match and beat one, and you get Saracens in the quarters. Eighteen matches, you're yeah. Well, I'd be projecting. I'm projecting <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Well, it would be even more than eighteen. Yeah, because they've got about tw- four or five. Maybe twenty. Twenty-one or twenty-two. Yeah. Um, but that's for another day. First, we'll finish off with my power rankings. Would you like to hear them? Yes, I would, of course, Will. Yeah, go on. I know I've seen you put some hard work in there. In reverse order, starting with 20th, the Ospreys. Poor, Don't, the poor yeah, Ospreys. 19th, Bath, who've lost all their matches and have been very poor. 18th, Leon, ahead of Bath, because I thought they did, be, they were pretty competitive against Leinster, considering they, they rested. Like, oh, they were most good at home. Very good. good at home. Yeah. Uh, 17, Montpellier, who've just been very poor throughout this, this no, tournament. Interested. 16, Benetton, who've been, you know, pretty feisty in some of their games. You know, they, they picked up a win against uh, Leon. have taken that yeah. uh, Northampton scalp. 15, Sale, who, you know, have you know been kind of competitive in some of them, but have been hockey in others. La Rochelle, 14, they, you know, they've been similar to Sale. Connacht, 13, who, you know, had a tough day against Toulouse and terrible weather yeah. uh, in the sports grounds. You know, they've had a I mean, lot someone of... Someone on to me about, there hasn't been a bad... <laughs> Hasn't been bad weather. Someone was saying to me there hasn't been bad weather in the sports ground uh, in ages on Twitter. I was like, fair enough if you say so. But what's bad? <laughs> if they, well, they might be. They might have a different grade like, of yeah, bad. Like exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, Their well, expectations are just so low. Yeah, like it wasn't. A, it wasn't a tornado. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Twelve Quins, eleven Gloucester. Then the top ten. Glasgow tenth. To see Stuart Hogg oh, get the crossbar oh, of the lad. It would have been class if he got it, wouldn't it? It was yeah. even better that he didn't, I think. What a finish. Like They hit the crossbar from the halfway against your old team in, in Scottsdale. It was beyond the halfway, man. It was like was 60, 60 metres yeah. of it, wasn't it? It was an absolute monster of a kick. Yeah. No, I think it was 60 metres. I was metres. watching Connacht Toulouse. Oh, were you? <laughs> for <Okay>. my sin. Picked the good exciting horse there. Exciting one, yeah. Uh, ninth, Munster. Eighth, Northampton. Seventh, Ulster. Northampton ahead of Munster? No. That's Do, well, just because Munster are going to be out, like, you know. Northampton are no. Northampton will be in the quarters and Munster will be out so that's why I've, again it's the eggheads have weighted it both in terms of who is the better team who's in form and who is likely to keep going oh so you're not doing this you have a team doing this no I, I, I'm i just you're just reading I'm just out. reading them out it's not my own work you're not crunching the numbers there's seven or eight top you've been taking credit for that data scientists well that's because I read it was just a flourish I feel like I deserve some of the credit much like the perfect season I deserve I, I co- well I, you definitely can take credit for that I deserve outlandish a, claim the lines, at the time but it looks looking more lines, and more like yeah. it might, hey, might be a possibility I, I know things <laughs> Uh, Saracen 6th Rassing 5th Claremont 4th Exeter 3rd Toulouse 2nd Leinster 1st They're my current Champions Cup Can't argue with all that Yeah Solid I think Yeah um, And plus I, I just find the, the Looking at the permutations I'm like oh, I just literally look at the matches um, I think Yeah uh, Like the Rassing one is They could they could do a job on Saris I could see that happening do you think uh, in, in yeah. Saracens? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I don't think Saracens have ever lost an Allianz Park in the Champions They've an unbelievable record there, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just think, like, it's a, if you look at, like, Racing will be used to playing on, like, a 3 or, four, or whatever, 4G. Yeah. Um, so that won't be a big shock to them. Um, they should have the muscle to be able to, like, to not get really bullied by, by Saracens. Um, and they certainly have the quality to, to, to trouble them. So, yeah, it'd be, I think that'll be an interesting one. Because, like, Racing are definitely, they are really keen to do well in this competition. Yeah. Um, and, like, home quarter home quarter and semi are, like, like which they can get if they win. The, yeah, no, if, if, they, win if, it, if, they, they? if they win, they will get it. Yeah, so, like, that's, to me, they're not as, that's not as a foregone conclusion as I think it has been in previous years with yeah. a French club away from home. I think they actually, because they, like, they were very good in Munster. thought they let Munster off the hook in that one. And if Racing beats Saracens in Saracens, Munster could conceivably still make the quarterfinals. It's unlikely. They would need... There's a few they, things. Who else they, they, they need well, they would, they would need uh, Toulouse to beat Gloucester in Toulouse. That would probably happen, yeah. you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glasgow are away to... Sale Sharks they would need Glasgow not to get a bonus point against Sale Sharks away from home which could conceivably yeah, happen yeah, yeah. and they would need uh, North Jeez, ha- a lot, they'd need so. Northampton to lose uh, away to Leon. they need two of those three which so, could actually that, yeah. sorry so if you take the Toulouse yeah. will beat Gloucester they would need one of either Glasgow to slip up Jeez, or this Northampton is, this, to is, I mean, this is impressive watching yeah. this kind of how, yeah, you've, have you given it some thought or is that just off the it's top of the dome I sit upstairs just like looking at the permutations I was wondering what you do all day <laughs> Um, glad the hard work is paying off yeah. well um, yeah geez, look, so two of those things could definitely happen no? yeah but Saracens losing the home the Rassens is right? unlikely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the big yeah, one yeah. so it'll be it'll be interesting like you, you, 
At least it's something to play for. It's mostly just jockeying for seedings, but at least the Saracens Rouse game is a bit to play for. And we have. This. I'd probably like Saracens to be in the competition. Oh, I want Lancer Saracens in that quarterfinal. Definitely. Yeah. That would be a cracker. Yeah, know? it would be a cracker. Yeah. You don't want Saracens. Oh, well, maybe I'm in the minority, but like I know that people are giving out about their salary cap stuff like that, but I still want them in the knockouts. Like, yeah, 100%. Because they're either going to be playing Leinster in the Aviva cracker or going to Sandy Park to play Exeter in a, in a huge grudge well. match, yeah. which would be brilliant as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. I would definitely want one of those. Yeah, I think, look, it'd be a loss in the competition if they're not in. And you'd like, I think once they're in the, if they once they got if they got through, the, like it'd be miraculous that they got through this thing because they barely, they haven't even played the first team Yeah, um, in lots of the games. They had 75, uh, or they had 14 men for 75 minutes against the Ospreys. Yeah, I heard, I heard. I didn't watch that one. Um, that was a star one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was the guy coming in with the, the yeah, prop coming with the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. 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 Once you see the arm down with yeah. it like it was silly like yeah hmm. uh, there was no need for it but um, yeah like impressive to get that like I know like the Ospreys are just in dire straits it feel bad for uh, for, for big runs yeah Mike Ruddick yeah. yeah great guy as well talk about a poison chalice my yeah, lord yeah but I think he's coming in to try and I yeah. think keep the whole thing together because there's been awful talk over there like I think the the stuff with Clarky, I think, was very yeah. poorly handled and all that kind of stuff. So it's ended like very like it's a, they're going through a really rough patch at the moment. With the Ospreys, yeah. like I'm not even sure. And the talk of them not even being like not existing next year, you know. Yeah, and off to Tom and Park now for for their last game. Uh, but plenty look forward to next week. I'd like to thank Rory who came in earlier and Luke for as always coming in. See you next week. Thank you, Will. Cheers. And that's all we have time for on the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.